Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker All the Games. This is episode 34 of Poker All the Games, where we will discuss Razdusi, a split pot combination of two games combined into one. I'm your host, Sean coming to you from the northeast coast of the United States, along with co-host Martin, who joins us from Malta. Martin and I enjoy mixed poker games. We've also each written a book on poker, and we enjoy trying different beers. So we'll be starting off today's show, as we do each episode, with me reviewing a beer from the United States and Martin reviewing one from Europe. So sit back, grab a beer, as long as you're not driving, and enjoy our beer review and subsequent discussion of mixed poker games. So I'm pouring a Belgian-style IPA from Flying Dog Brewery called Raging Bitch. Flying Dog Brewery was located in Frederick, Maryland. Unfortunately, that location has been closed as the brewery has been acquired by FX Matt in Utica, New York, best known for their line of Saranac beers. The current brewery is expected to cease production by August, and all of Flying Dog's beers will be brewed in New York until a taproom and innovation brewery opens in Frederick, Maryland. Anyway, back to the beer. Let's have a smell. Some... Herbal notes, grapefruit, a citrus fruit, grapefruit, maybe uh, a little bit of peach. And those are mainly, um, nose, the nose is made mainly from the Belgian yeast um, with some malt and pine notes in the back as well. Let's have a look. This beer pours a copper amber color with a bit of cloudiness, off-white foam, and now for the best part, let's have a taste. Oh, nice banana and clove notes from the Belgian yeast. A little bit of caramel and maltiness from the grain, and then some pine from the hops. The mouthfeel is medium-bodied and slightly syrupy, uh, characteristic of a Belgian beer, with some bitterness from the hops. Flying Dog's Raging Bitch may confuse your taste buds with a cross between an IPA and a Belgian beer, but that's part of its appeal. It's noticeably strong and boozy, but somehow easy to drink, coming in at 8.3% ABV. So I did get back to the higher ABV that Martin and I have missed in the past couple of episodes. I'm going to sit back and continue to enjoy this one while Martin describes what beer he has for us, and we'll see if he's also gotten back to the higher ABV beer. Well, Sean, I found another country that I hadn't yet um, reviewed a beer from in Europe, Spain. This is beer called Ambar Export uh, with three malts. Now, I always struggle to articulate these uh, these reviews as well as you do, Sean. So I'm going to re- read a little bit of, uh, 
of a promotional website that I've found about this beer. Um, three malts had to be used to achieve, achieve this type of beer, and that is what we did. It is brewed with three malts and has a double fermentation period and slowly matures in the cellar, achieving a beer with more body, taste and character. It has an exceptional roasting that gives the beer a reddish colour, rich in aromatic, aromatic nuances and an extra creamy head. The beer has a set personality and 7% alcohol, so not everybody can enjoy it. It won the world, sorry, the gold medal at the World Beer Challenge 2015. Now, okay, we don't normally do such promotional stuff about uh, the beers. We like to independently review them ourselves, but um, I thought that might be, might give you a good flavour for what I'm looking at. And yes, it does have a lovely reddish colour, deep red. Uh, you might call it medium carbonation. Smell-wise, it's some some maltiness there and a little bit bitter, I think. So let's have a taste. That's a fine beer. I was thrilled to find another country that I've not reviewed a beer from and really happy that it was uh, a beer that seemed like it might have some interesting character to it. And yes, that's a lovely flavour. I'm, I'm going to enjoy that one. Yes. And what I might have missed it. What style did you say it is? It describes itself as three malts. It, it's a, a red ale, I guess. It, red it, it ale. Doesn't, it doesn't yes. say that on the site or the bottle, and the bottle, all the bottle label is all printed in Spanish. But I would just call it a red ale. Yeah, it's it's, it's got a slight bitter flavour to it, slightly bitter flavour to it, and uh, deep red in colour. And yeah, I think that's probably and that's what it sounded like when you described it. it. Yeah. All right. Well, salute, Martin. Cheers. Remember that our focus here is non-hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to try different variations of poker, whether you're a dealer, player, or card room manager. We define the rules, the play, and easy-to-remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. Today's episode we'll be covering Razdusi. Martin, why don't you walk us through the game of Razdusi? I first played this game at Resorts World Las Vegas in Coach's 816 mix in June 2022. It's a nice poker game, but in my opinion, badly named because it's misleading to include Raz in the title. It's dealt like Raz, but Raz itself is an ace to five lowball game Whereas in this game, aces are high cards, aces are bad cards to have. It's more like Badusi. It's a split, bit, split pot between the best two to seven lowball hand and the best Badugi hand. More about showdown at the end of this description. It, well, it's a fixed limit game. So all players, first of all, place a small bet known as an ante. The dealer will gather in the antes and then start dealing cards to each player starting at seat one with uh, one at a time but eventually the cards will be two face down and one face up for each player action then starts with the highest face up card that player makes a forced bet known as a bring in although they do have the option to make a full small bet if they wish a bring in is a small amount which is bigger than the ante but less than a full small bet Action proceeds with each player in a clockwise manner in turn deciding whether they want to fold, match the previous bet or raise. That raise, if the previous bet was only a 
bring in size, the raise will be to a complete small bet. If that completion has already been done, then they will be adding one small bet to the previous bet size. The betting is usually capped at either four or five bets on each round, depending on which which uh, rule the uh, local card room has. After the betting round, the dealer will burn a card and then give each remaining player in the hand a second face-up card, known as 4th Street. That's followed by another betting round, this time started by the best hand showing, so the lowest two cards that are unpaired showing will start the action. They can check or bet and then action proceeds in a clockwise manner again until the end of the betting round, at which point the dealer will burn a card and give each player another card face up, known as 5th Street. The betting round again is started by the best hand showing, which is the lowest three cards, and they can check or bet. After that betting round, the dealer burns a card and gives each player another face up card. This is known as 6th Street. There's another betting round, again started by the lowest hand showing. That person can check or bet. After that betting round, the dealer burns a card for the last time, and this time gives each player another card face down. That's known as 7th Street or the River. This is followed by a final betting round. The betting sizes, by the way, from the uh, fifth card onwards are doubled. They're big bets. So now we get to showdown. The pot is split between the best deuce to seven hand and the best badugi hand. The best possible deuce to seven hand is seven five four three two, which contains at least more than one suit. If they're all the same suit, it's a flush, and that's no good. The best badugi hand is five four three two, where all cards are of different suits. It's possible to get the nuts for both hands by getting seven five four three two where the five four three and two are all four different suits regardless of whether that hand is made it's possible to scoop the pot by having the best hand of both types or it's also possible to split it where one player has the best badugi hand the other the best deuce to seven hand any questions sean basically it sounds like this is dealt like raz and the only difference is the showdown, which is deuce to, follows the deuce to seven rules, where aces play high on both sides and flushes count against on both sides. And so the best Raz hand would be two, three, four, five, seven. And on the Badugi side, the best hand would be deuce, three, four, five, rainbow, rainbow meaning um, all different suits. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely spot on, yes. Do you find these games play slower or smaller than uh, other stud or draw variants in your uh, in your experience? I would say um, not smaller, but yes, they're probably a little bit slower. The biggest reason for both is probably because the V pips tend to be bit, be a bit higher. There are probably more hands that people see see as playable, so the. Continue on more streets. There are more decisions to be made, so it just slows the process a little bit. And also, then there's obviously the uh, the factor of the dealer having to split the pot at the end of the hand, which some some people that 
don't like mixed games tend to complain about, but I don't think with a good dealer it takes very long to do that at all. But but slightly bigger, I would say, because of the higher V-pips, uh, but also also yeah, a little bit slower than uh, most stud variants. Okay, good good to know. Yeah, because I I know some some of the complaints that you hear once in a while might be you know certain folks might not like a certain mixed game in, in the mix because it might play slower or might not play as big as some of the other variants and so there are people who might want to sort of you know boot that one out but if this one you know plays as big and or bigger then uh i think that's a reason to uh to keep it in a mix and not uh have anyone try to sort of kick it out yeah fair point briefly i want to return to the naming of this game as you mentioned um the name of the game is somewhat misleading and uh you know you as you said it's more like badusi um, which is exactly. Deuce to Seven Triple Draw and Deuce to Seven Badoogie, of course. So, you know, the fact that there's Raz in this name, I think, is our beef with it here, you know, <laughs> because there's, exactly, you know, yes. it's like, yeah, it's like Deuce to Seven Raz, maybe, but then that's kind of missing from the name. So I don't know, maybe yep. we should call it Seven Card Stud Badoosie or Seven Card Badoosie or something like that, you know, or Stud Badoosie, similar to how we say Stud Eight or Stud Eight are better. You know, I, I don't know. I agree. All of, all of your suggestions are an improvement. The name Raz Doocy gives no hint of the fact that Badoogie is involved. To me, Raz Doocy, that name sounds like half Raz, Ace to Five, and half Deuce to Seven. And I actually... I made that mistake of playing the game like that when I first played the game. And for quite some time, I guess I didn't get many playable hands or something, but um, I didn't know until sometime into having played a few hands that an ace is a bad card for both sides. And then the, after that, the penny drops that it's actually Badugi we're playing rather than Raz and Deuce to Seven. So, yeah, it, it would make much more sense to make the name reflect the game better. I, I, I actually wonder whether Raz Ducey is a mischievously conceived name by somebody that wants newcomers to the game to lose some money before they realise what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, that, that is interesting. And based on your story there, I would say, like like any game, really, be sure to ask or find out ahead of time, right, what the best hand at showdown would be before you start playing in any of these games. Or uh, quite simply, have a listen to one of our podcasts that des that describes the game where you can find uh, the definitive rules and basic strategy tips. Great advice, as ever, Sean. Okay, well, enough about the uh, naming. And if you feel strongly about the names, maybe uh, in your game, start trying to use one of these other names, and we'll see if we can get it to catch on. But uh Besides that, how about some uh, beginner's tips to get us started for Razducey, Martin? Yeah, sure. Um, I did mention that V-pips can be quite high. And I think you need to be wary not to be the mug who doesn't raise strong hands on early rounds because you need to drive out players where possible. I mean, even strong-looking hands, you know, with any stud-style stud game, if your board looks stronger than your opponent, you should be driving the action anyway, in more cases than not. And maybe that's a way you can balance your strategies. If you're going to start with a strong looking hand and also strong um, actual hands uh, by raising, to, to completing the bet, two betting, three betting, um, 
you really need to try to thin the field as much as you possibly can in those early stages because the equities are so close for both sides of the pot. Uh, you're giving up a lot of equity by allowing people to continue uh, and not not taking that um, aggressive route. And then beyond that, as the as a, as a hand progresses, you just need to read the boards, uh, represent the strong hands when you can, uh, get away from trouble spots when you need to. Um, but but that just takes sort of, sort of stud awareness, you know, awareness of how the, the different players' boards are developing and trying to read opponents. It's just poker skills, that, basically. But like I say, the biggest tip I think you, you need to be wary of is be aggressive early in the hand with strong hands. I'd say I suppose the opposite of that is get out of get out of the hand if your hand isn't strong, if, if your hand's going to be uh, a dog, because although I said equities can run quite close, if you're limping in or continuing after races with hands that are not so strong, you, your long-term results are going to be weak, are going to be poor. The other big tip, as we just said, was uh, make sure you know the rules of the game that <laughs> really little to do with Raz, except for sort of the way it's dealt, like a stud game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always, always very, very important to know what what is going on. Yeah. Don't be the mug like Martin and, and lose your money the first few times you play until you figure out the rules. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's a, a tip on any game, that don't be the mug that doesn't know what the rules are of the game that you're playing, yeah, for sure. Yes. All right, let me, uh, I'll go over some uh, mixed game news here from the U.S. side. So there were a couple more winners, uh, mixed game winners from the 2023 WSOP since episode 33. So at the 2023 WSOP event number 80, the $25,000 horse was won by Josh Arier, um, which was actually his second bracelet of the 2023 series and his sixth total. His other one uh, this series was the 10K Limit Hold'em Championship. So congratulations to uh, Josh Arier for winning uh, two bracelets in a series and for taking down the 25K horse which is a no small feat. Indeed. And then event number 91 was the $3,000 horse, and that was won by uh, Ryan Miller. So that kind of wraps up the 2023 WSOP. So now we just have uh, 11 months uh, until the 2024 WSOP gets started again. So one other piece of news that was trending on poker Twitter, it was actually part of another topic. So the, the topic that started it was the just somebody questioning whether the main event final table should be streamed for free or not. And then as always on Twitter, people get sidetracked from a main topic and sort of a sub thread starts. And that caught my attention. And from this original post, what got started was, Someone said, is poker really a sport anyway? And sort of asked that question. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Martin, that you want to talk about. And then I, I'll go over um, my thoughts on it. If you want to get us started, yeah, though. Sure. Okay. According to the Oxford Dictionary, sport is defined as an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team competes against another or others for entertainment. Physical exertion is not really a feature in poker. 
uh, although it, it's an endurance, I won't say sport yet, it's an endurance test. You don't need to be physically game, fit maybe to play game. Poker. Use the word game in there, so we yeah. have some semantics. Maybe that, that was what that was actually where I was going to go next. Um, the definition of game is uh, went to the Collins Dictionary. Um, Reading your mind, Martin. <laughs> yeah, apparently yes. Uh, an activity or sport usually involving skill, knowledge, or chance in which you follow fixed rules and try to win against an opponent or to solve a puzzle. I mean that that sounds closer to poker than the definition of sport. That said, I don't know about in the USA, but growing up in the United Kingdom, when you look at sports programs, snooker and darts always played a, a reasonably prominent role. And not to downplay or disrespect the. Uh, the, the abilities and skill of snooker players and darts players at the top level, I would say that's not physical exertion either. So, you know, th those are accepted as sports, don't seem to fit the definition. Poker is a similar, in a similar category. I guess there are blurred lines somewhere. And I don't, I really don't feel like I'm qualified to judge which side of the blurred line poker fits. It, on the one hand, it doesn't feel right that it doesn't matter what physical condition you're in, you can still compete as a poker player. Although I know that players at the top level like to keep themselves in good condition. Um, and on the other hand, you know, like I say, it, it, it doesn't feel a lot different to snooker or darts in terms of there being. No real physical exertion involved, but a lot of skill involved. Yeah, what about so what about you, Sean? What do you think? In my book, I actually have a chapter dedicated to this topic, and I kind of half-heartedly um go down the road that it is a sport, but like I said, it's kind of half-hearted. I have a lot of friends who have always kind of poked fun at me when I do call it a sport. Um, I think the biggest thing, like you mentioned, is a lot of us see a sport as a physical game, a physical activity. And, you know, when you're just sort of sitting for eight or 12 hours, people don't, although that does take effort, um, we don't see that as, as physical exertion. So yeah, the yeah. sport piece is really the, the tough part of it, the physical um, piece, even though, I mean, poker is mentally exhausting for sure. Um, and it can be, kind of exhausting sitting for that long it, it, it can be difficult yeah. but I, I wouldn't lump that in the same way as tennis or, or football or soccer or, or something like that um but some other points to consider chess is recognized by the international olympic committee as a sport with more than 100 countries recognizing chess as a sport and as you mentioned martin a lot of uh, more and more poker players are changing their their habits, like their eating habits, they're exercising regularly, trying to get adequate sleep and are generally trying to maintain healthier lifestyles. But this also goes to the point of a healthier lifestyle also, you know, should help your brain function. So there's sort of that piece of it. Poker, it, it does manifest similar to physical exertion. And this is what I go into in the chapter in the book, that while it might not be physically exhausting in and of itself, it does manifest symptoms similar to physical exertion such as elevated heart rate 
an increase in blood pressure, perspiration, trembling hands. So that I just find that kind of interesting. But I mean, really, in the end, it's all just semantics. And maybe we just need to distinguish between a physical sport and a mental sport, for example, and just delineate, you know, just call it a mental yeah. sport because it is competitive. And that's part of being a sport or a game as well. And poker undoubtedly is uh, competitive, but you know, I'm, I'm sure whether we call it, even if we try to delineate and call it a mental sport, I'm sure I'll get the people's opinions will be split. And I'm not really sure, honestly, how much of it matters at this point in time anyway, unless we're trying to get into the Olympics where apparently it's <laughs> supposed to be, you know, you need to call it a sport to get in there, but uh, I wouldn't worry about that anytime soon. <laughs> so. <laughs> No, I'm not sure we cleared anything up for anybody, Martin, did we? <laughs> no, you know, I wonder whether uh, we've just uh, identified a weakness in the language that we that we speak, because this is a competitive endeavor that falls between, falls on the border of, of one definition or another, and maybe there should be another word for to capture this kind of, this actual kind of uh, competitive endeavor. And you would say chess and poker uh, would, would be... Would both would both fit whatever word we come up with to describe this category of of activities? Yeah, I, don't know. I agree. It must be these these high alcohol beers that we went back to. Now we're really <laughs> thinking, Martin. Um, we we we're, we're questioning the naming of Rasducci, and we're questioning the naming you know of sport. And I do agree with you that we I do feel we probably need another word in here to uh to capture this so uh you know hey cheers to the high alcohol beers getting us cheers. to uh i'm really yeah, enjoying to, this one to be fair <laughs> excellent yeah it sounds uh it sounds wonderful just as the one i'm drinking is so what do you have for us as far as mixed game news uh in europe martin um if you'll allow i'll just do a little bit of a plug, actually. I've recently become an affiliate for the uh, SWC poker site. It's a site that spreads a lot of mixed games action and, and games that are just not available anywhere else on the internet. One example being Spit and Special, also known as Dromaha. This, this site spreads Dromaha action and nowhere else does that now since Pokio closed down a couple of months ago. Right, yeah, I've become an affiliate, and for people that sign up through my affiliate link, there are 2,000 free chips available. SWC is a Bitcoin site. One million chips is one Bitcoin. So basically, one chip is one UBTC. You sign up through my link, which you can find on my Substack, which I'll give you a... I'll give you the uh, details about that later on. You can you can, you can qualify for two thousand free chips and two tournament tickets, one for two thousand chips and one for five hundred chips to get in the action on SWC Poker. And uh, as I say, lots of mixed games action there for you to dip your toes into the water. All right, so you have it. Our first advertisement ever on this site, besides our books <laughs> and our sub stacks. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. <laughs> Not at all. Why don't you go ahead and, uh, since we're talking about, just give us that uh, that information now. For your, oh, yeah, uh, sure. My Substack is Poker Channel. Sorry, Poker for Leisure. I always do that, don't I? Pokerforleisure.substack.com. So that's P-O-K-E-R, the number four, L-E-I-S-U-R-E.substack.com. And the article you're looking for 
is mixed games online question mark swc poker has it covered if you go into that article it gives you all the information you need to sign up using my affiliate link and let me know what your username is on there and i can arrange for your bonus chips and bonus tournament tickets to be allocated to your account as we go forward i'm able to set up some free rolls for the players that have signed up to that link maybe some we might even have some private games between just 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 our private group where we, if we want to actually get some action going on whatever variants we like between us yeah so go ahead have a look at that mixed games online question mark swc poker has it covered on pokerforleisure.substack.com okay i'll certainly be signing up martin so uh thank you for the uh promotional stuff that you'll be uh shipping my way and uh Maybe you can get some of that back by beating me in some of these games that you're bad <laughs> Yeah, I think that's good, wonderful. Good. I, I will certainly be uh, be signing up for that SWC site. Uh, my, my motivation is, is always to spread mixed games. And uh, one of the sticking points is that people who want to play can't access. Well, this site you can play from, I think, anywhere in the world because it's a Bitcoin-only site. You're not playing with fiat currencies. So that removes a lot of the barriers to entry to mixed games events that a lot of people have. So, uh, yeah, I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, wonderful. Good. So I, I don't have to move to Europe so I can play from here. So good. Yeah, now, as you know, I every week, um, every time we release an episode, everybody hears me saying how much trouble I have at finding mixed games. So uh, since this looks like one, I'm able to play on. Uh, that's one of my big motivators to sign up to be able to uh, actually play these games and have some uh, s- some hopefully some positive reports like you do when you're taking down tournaments uh, every episode. <laughs> Let's go uh-huh. over some upcoming mixed game events in the U.S. So as far as mixed cash games, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut has an 816 cash game that runs. Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut and Borgata in Atlantic City have seven card stud cash games that run. Uh, The Foxwood games run pretty much all through the week. The Borgata games in Atlantic City are generally on the weekend. Uh, On the other side of the U.S., the other coast, the left coast, uh, Gardens Casino in California has a $15-$30 mix and a $4-$8 Omaha 8 or better cash game. And also Big O, the Commerce Casino in California has some higher mixed games running with a 200-400 and a 400-800 that run, as well as a 20-40 stud and some lower limit uh, Big O games. So those are cash games. As far as mixed poker tournaments, as I mentioned at the end of the last episode, I had some breaking news. The Orleans in Las Vegas is continuing their mixed game tournaments each week. And I went over some of that on the last episode, but you can go to uh, orleanscasino.com slash play slash casino dash games slash poker dash room. I know that's a lot, but basically go to the orleanscasino.com website and go to their poker tab and then click the daily tournament schedule and a calendar will come up. It's, I forget, they said something about $245,000 in uh, tournament guarantees each week or something. So check that out. As I mentioned in the last episode as well, it's nice to see they're continuing that 
past the WSOP because they've had such success running that, that they're going to continue that through the summer, hopefully. And then uh, a little further down the road, there's a Poker Go tour at the Poker Go tour stu- at the Poker Go studio in Las Vegas, scheduled to run October 5th through October 14th of 2023. And some of those games include eight game, 10 game, dealer's choice, horse, no limit, deuce to seven single draw, as well as a triple draw mix. These buy-ins are a little higher. They run from 5,100. Some are 10,200. And then one of them is a $25,300 buy-in. So they're a little higher, but uh, hopefully some of our audience, you know, uh, can spread the word about these games. There are four satellites for some of us that might want to try to get in uh, that run from October 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 7th. So on each of those four days, there's a satellite and those buy-ins are between $750 to $3,200. And basically they buy you into one of those uh, bigger games. So still, I know the satellite buy-ins are a little bit, but they're they're a little more reasonable. If you're looking to try to maybe sit in one of these, you know, three or five or uh, $10,000 poker go games that get streamed. Um, you know, if you want to spend 750 or uh, 1500 or $2,000, you might be able to win your way into one of these big games. And you can find the details on that schedule and that those structures at pgt.com slash schedule. Martin, what events do we have for mixed game players in Europe? Okay, uh, quite a few again. Um, the first one from when this podcast will go out is the Poker SM Live. SM means Swedish Masters. This is in Bratislava from the 14th to the 19th of October. Okay, the mixed game events are all limited to Swedish nationals that can enter, but there will be plenty of cash games on the side. Um, oh, before I go on, really all the festivals I'm talking about are all low to medium buy-in uh, tournaments. So between 200 and about 600 euro buy-ins. There might be some high roller events, a couple of this, the, the, the festivals, but high roller being something like 1,100 euros. Uh, okay, moving on from there. There's the ETOP cruise on the 2nd to the 9th of September, which I believe is now sold out. Um, that will go around different parts of the Mediterranean. And while you're at sea, every night there's and a number of mixed games tournaments on offer. As I say, I do think that's now sold out, but maybe look out for that coming out again sometime in the future. Um, overlapping with that, from the 4th to the 10th of September, there's the Cool Bet Open. I won't go through all the details, but if you want to look at that one, that's coolbetopen.com slash schedule. And that's taking place in, I believe, Bratislava. Let me just double check. Let me just double check. Yes, Bratislava, beautiful city uh, to explore when you're not playing poker. Beyond that, there's the World Series of Poker Circuit in conjunction with Olibet, O-L-Y-B-E-T. Um, they're running a festival from September the 14th to the 24th at Casino Olympic in Tallinn. Uh, to look for their schedule, you need to go on 
Olibet Events, O-L-Y-B-E-T-E-V-E-N-T-S dot com slash WSOP. Plenty of side game action again at all these festivals, I think. Then after that, there's the Party Poker Millions in Malta, 23rd of September to the 3rd of October. There are at least three mixed games events on that schedule, um, possibly four. And I'm, I'm not sure because I've seen two versions of the schedule, but we're all very excited here in Malta about that happening um, at the end of September. And then finally, keep a date in your diaries for the 27th of November to the 3rd of December, which is the Festival Bratislava in Bangkok Casino. The festival series is always packed with mixed games tournaments. We spoke about that series before, and the last stop was in Malta. I played a few events there, made a couple of final tables, and had a fantastic time. And again, the, the, the cash games on the side were superb. So, yeah, plenty coming up. As far as cash games are concerned, I need to do some research and find out what's going on around Europe, but I am hoping to start a 10-20 mixed fixed limit cash game from uh, the first Thursday in September in Portomasso Casino in Malta. Hopefully the first Thursday every month. The casino are keen on me doing that. Some of the players are interested. We'll have to see how, how well it does, but I'm hoping that's going to become a feature and we might even be able to get that cash game running during some of the festivals as well. And that's that's what I have for events coming up in Europe, Sean. Thank you. Sounds great, yeah. And uh, I'd say do what I'm going to do, and that is uh, sign up for SWC Poker through Martin's affiliate link that he gave us and uh, get started playing these games and gear up to uh, attend some of these uh, events that Martin tells us about in Europe. They sound really exciting, especially the ones you, you talked about there in Malta. That's uh, a nice segue into something that I forgot to mention, and that is the Bitcoin series of poker, which is going to take place on SWC Poker site, 28th of, of July to the 20th of August. And there's a nice mixture of mixed games tournaments available on that. And, and there are times to suit both European and US players. You know, there's an overlap. Uh, some of them are early for US players and some of them are late for European players. But there's something for everybody there. There are a number of different championship events, which are quite more expensive buy-ins, but there are lots of other side events as well. And every single tournament on the schedule has a guarantee. If you look on swcpoker.club slash posts slash Bitcoin hyphen poker hyphen tournaments slash 2023 hyphen Bitcoin hyphen series hyphen of hyphen poker. That's a long, a long one. But there is a link on the uh, Substack article that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so if you wanted to get there quicker than typing all that out, look up that article uh, on my Substack, pokerforleisure.substack.com. Thanks. And you got it right this time, your Substack first try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this beer is obviously uh, eventually working <laughs> its working its magic with me. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let me go over my recent mixed game play, which again, I'm hoping to have more uh, after I sign up for this SWC. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, extend this portion of the episode with uh, with a little more of my recent play. But I did get 
to play a $20 buy-in stud high-low tournament on PokerStars and started running really well. It ended up with 56 total entries with some rebuys in there, but 56, including the uh, re-rebuys from some folks. One bullet for me, but uh, I did end up going into the final table, second in chips. Final table was eight. We started eight-handed. Um, it paid the top seven players. I went in second in chips into that final table. Uh, unfortunately, I, I did get paid, so it wasn't terrible. I didn't, I didn't bomb out an eighth, but I, uh, I got into a big hand, and, and I don't know what I was just completely lost. I, I, I just, I got into a big hand with the player to my immediate right, and I realized on Sixth Street I had been raising him. He's betting the whole way, and I'm raising this individual the whole way, him or her, I don't know. But, um, and on sixth street, it just, I snapped out of what I was in. I was like, I should probably slow down a little bit. <laughs> and honestly, after all that, I ended up folding on seventh street. So I, what happened was I just burned a lot of chips nonsensically. Mm -hmm. I just, I just got lost somewhere in that hand. And, uh, I did end up in fifth place, um, and cashed out for what would have been a, a $60 us profit so you know a little disappointing coming into the final table second place in chips and bowing out in fifth but hey you know the stud can go you know one way or another as we've talked about on prior episodes some of the pots get really big unfortunately the one i was in was my fault for making it bigger than <laughs> i should have um but that's kind of the way it goes you got to stay focused um the whole way in these games or uh something like this could happen Hey, you know, Sean, um, the practice you get, you, you take it to the next one. And you, you learn something every time you play, you take that six one to the next tournament. So, yeah, you, you might have um, done yourself some damage in, in that hand, but you'll, you, you'll know uh, you'll know a bit more about when to put the brakes on next time, perhaps. And uh, you go from strength to strength. And if you can, you know, just get more reps in, uh, you should be able to build your game and... Uh, get to the podium at least sometime soon yep looking forward to it what uh what about your recent mixed gameplay martin okay uh in the last couple of weeks i've played quite a lot online including swc poker um on other sites i've been slightly profitable but on swc poker i've done really well particularly on deuce to seven pineapple open face chinese which is the game we talked about in the last episode of this podcast so look that up if you want to learn the game that I've been uh, I've been running really well in. Um, that's online. Live, things have gone pretty well. I played one home game, um, made a small, modest profit of 110 euros, had a fantastic time. There was a guy that came that's uh, a Will Caesar Proker bracelet winner, and he actually brought his bracelet to show us, which I'd asked him to do that previous time so that was really nice to see that to get get my hands on a piece of that jewelry that's that's that guy's called jens vertman and he won the 3k horse tournament at the world series of poker in 2008 um apart from that i've been to the casino a couple of times portomasso casino to the Sviten special tournaments i think last time we spoke i mentioned that i'd come second two weeks in a row well Last week, I won the tournament, and last night, got heads up with a friend of mine, and he asked me to split, so we chopped the tournament last night. So in the last four tournaments, I've got heads up every single time, second twice, first once, and split once. So I'm running really well in that tournament. 
Wow. Congratulations on, on that success. And yeah, I guess getting your hands on that piece of jewelry, does that make it more like, does it make you drool, like make you want it more? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, to, to own one of those things, it's, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic opportunity. Right? It's a fantastic uh, achievement. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And uh, I'd love one day to be able to say that I've got one of those, but um, you always got to get past a lot of players and always some real top level players. Certainly. Nice to be in the same company as someone who not only to have that jewelry sort of there, you know, that you saw it, et cetera, but to be in the company of someone who won one to be, you know, playing with them um, and, and, and holding your own. You know, he's a, he's a great guy. He's a great player. Uh, it's not easy to get the chips off him, but he gets in the pots when he, when he feels like he's got the equity, but win or lose plays with a smile on his face. He's always a gentleman and plays with humor and, uh, it's it's a it's a pleasure to play with Jens, as it is most mixed game players, as we've talked about numerous times on this podcast. Yep. If you want to learn more about mixed games, Martin and I have each written a book. Head over to Amazon for my book, Poker: All the Games, a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games. There you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games, as well as other chapters on why mixed games provide a better edge than hold'em, and other things like health and wellness, um, which are important not only in life, but also in playing this game of poker. Martin, why don't you tell us about your ebook? Yeah, my ebook is called Pop Limits Vita Special. It's also available on Amazon. It's about one specific game. It's a European version of Dromaha. Uh, it takes you right through from the very basic how to deal and play the game, what the rules are, through the starting hands, every different type of starting hand, all the odds for completing your hands, both the draw hand and the Omaha hand. It takes you through the pre-flop, flop, draw, turn and river stages. It also gives you a quiz section near the end, which can uh, question you your uh, awareness of how well you've learned how to play the different betting rounds and how to decide which cards to draw. And then there's a, there's a section at the very end which goes through a few other variations of Spit and Special or Dromaha that I had played at, at that point when I'd written the book. And I'm also working on the hard copy no ETA on that at the moment, but uh, that is in a work in progress. You can follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R, all the games. It's poker, at poker, all the games, but there's no E in poker because it's too many letters for Twitter. Or <laughs> And or subscribe at pokerchannel.substack.com dot com and when you see our um on twitter we post these uh episodes and or if you go to uh, substack and subscribe there uh hit the like button for us send a subscribe um to pokerchannel.substack.com and you can also follow martin at go ahead martin okay my handle is on both twitter and substack is poker for leisure or poker for leisure p-o-k-e-r the number four, L-E-I-S-U-R-E. 
So on Twitter, it's poker for, at Poker for Leisure. And on Substack, it's pokerforleisure.substack.com. Well, that's all for episode 34, Razducey. Join us again in two weeks for episode 35, where we will discuss Badoogie High Low. Thank you for listening to Poker All the Games. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can. Thank you.